Akahiaka, everyone, and a happy Sunday to you. Good morning, Sarah. Good morning. Top of the morning to you. It is a good morning. For those of you joining us today, whether you're, uh, you know, just finishing your morning rap session with the Lord or rolling your first doobie of the morning, we're here with you. Good to be mm-hmm. here with you. Good to be seen. <laughs> good to be heard. Good to be in the know. And you know what I know right now? Uh, it's it's a crazy election. Like, there's just so much information, Sarah. My brain, it is. Uh, I'm, yeah. How many interviews are you doing a day? Um, some days five. Oh. Some day, you know, and like, and I finally, well, and I was doing Monday through Friday to get it started, but finally some of these guys are just like, some of them just aren't getting back fast enough. And then I'm like, you know mm-hmm. what? I still have like, you know, adulting duties on top of like running the podcast and Absolutely. like us getting like the slate running and everything for the movies. So yep. uh, I definitely decided to like take your long ago advice of make some you time. And I made yep. some me time. And so I'm, I'm really trying to keep it to like no more than like 12 or 15 a week, but at the same time, like, that's good. Cause that's a lot of editing afterwards. Like it's not just the interviews, it's the editing. That's probably, does it take longer to edit than it does to actually do the interview? Actually, uh, you know, I mean, I'm not, I'm not by any means like, uh, you know, one of these, uh, CBS or NBC guys, but you know, if there's anything that I've learned from years of doing, uh, podcasting and live radio and stage is that, as a as an actor and a director, you gotta learn how to lead and 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 like just edit in on the so day. Yeah. So and and the, the biggest part of of getting that down for the election, I feel, is that I want these to be as uncut as possible. So, yeah. folks, when you listen to some of these, if you hear flub ups or us talking over a little bit, uh, you know, I leave that those little bits in there. Some of them go, "Hey, bro, why are you clean that up?" And it's like, you know, right now, like I really feel that like. This the show, really what it, yeah, uh, exactly. Like, I'll edit the hell out of this Sunday show because you know that it's us riffing, it's us just you know doing the damn thing, etc., cetera, etc. Cetera. But I feel that, especially with how uh, you know, how much distrust there is with corporate media, and, yeah. and then the fact that like you only hear like tiny sound bites from politicians on corporate media, so like I really want to flip it on its head. Like, I feel that. Being raw is like one of the most Hawaiian things you can do is that you give everybody everything so they can make the decision, mm-hmm. you know, right. not many people realize give this. Them the whole pizza, not just a slice. Yeah. You know, and that's a thing that like, I feel that like a lot of like a, a corporate news podcast would do, they'd clean up things for time. And in a lot of cases it would make that person seem even faster at what they say. Because mm-hmm. they've got, you know, they've got a post editor working on them. But I feel right. that, like, we need to hear how people's brains work, even down yeah. to the ums and the ahs sometimes. Because right. then that's how we know that they're human, just like us. And then in the other cases, it's like you can hear the wheels turning, but maybe something doesn't come out. Or the wheels turn really quick and they spit game. Because I got to say that, like, I've had some candidates that know how to, like, they are masters of time dilation. They can stick hundreds of ideas into 15 minutes and we right. rock it out mm-hmm. and then some people i'm pulling teeth to get seven minutes <laughs> really and then i'm like you know what i'm gonna leave that ums and the ahs in there because that gets us your 20 and you know what hey you know that's the time you're afforded so if you're gonna use it umming and eyeing brian you like run for office like get your shit together 
All right. Yeah. So uh, you're yeah. trying to shine. It is. It is. You know, and I'm not saying this against any particular candidate. You know, you again, no. you got to make your decisions for yourself when you listen to them. So go, so go out there, folks. Listen to all those bonus episodes uh, interviewing all these candidates. Some people running for the very first time. Some people are incumbent. Some people some people are switching to a different office to run. And so like all of these things come with uh, some numenao to learn. And you can, every episode, I make them define what their office does. So you may even hear some people doing, you know, the same office two, three times in a row. But you'll get a perspective on what that office does in different ways because the way that these people talk, you know. So <laughs> some focus on different parts of the job. And some people don't know what they do, so they just make them up. <laughs> oh, no, really? Oh, yeah. Oh, no, no, there is. Oh, uh, yeah. Uh, is it well, obvious when you uh, well, and like I said yeah. the last time we talked, for the past couple of weeks that I, I've been hitting this point of you got to pay attention, you know. I like I said, I did not intend there to be any gotcha questions, but it's starting to look like what does your office do is the gotcha question. Yeah, they're getting themselves though. <laughs> but you know what? Can you expect for like some of these races? You only need twenty five dollars to enter. So think about that. You like be one city council member? Give me twenty five. Oh my god, bucks. I can go on there and I don't know shit about anything of this. So, uh, and that would uh, still put you ten feet ahead. Some of these guys. Oh no! <laughs> uh, uh, uh. Oh no! And I think that that's what people need to hear. You know, like they need to Absolutely know how. Absolutely, people how, need to hear that. Yeah. And I, I actually kind of like it that anybody can enter, though. You know, like it's like it's a free for all. It but is. You gotta have together to actually you know yeah uh, and, and i really think uh, that that's what proves it so i think some of the people yeah. who have been disenchanted with politics and how it's been operating that have been compelled to come in i mm -hmm. you know I, i've talked to people who are extremely college educated and then mm -hmm. they go through the whole thought process and then they put the whole machine together and then they strap down their papers and they go i like try and then mm -hmm. you meet the working class joe uh, you know, the sailor or the or the farm guy or the whatever. And then they they just they don't know it yet. But you know what they do? They hit the bricks and they figure it out. And then mm -hmm. in their own way, they have managed to understand the duties of what they're running for. And then some people, they like pick up the pamphlet and they go, I think maybe it does this. And then like they never review that sheet again. And then they, they just, just go and they just go run off. They're like, yeah, and they go. They just. Oh no, cowboy! <laughs> <laughs> yeah, don't 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 be cowboying too hard in politics, you know. And I, and I think that's the thing is that like, you know, we 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 do have to keep our politicians accountable. We do have to keep them mm -hmm. honest, but we also yeah. have to know the part that we play as being the informed public. So uh, all I'm saying is, folks, get informed. And if you're a political candidate who's listening now to the show because you heard one of your brothers or sisters on there, hey, I sent you an email. Check your spam inbox, okay? Because I went and got all the emails from the election commission. <laughs> so uh, check them, double check them. If not, hit me up on social media. You can hit me up on mine. You can hit me up on the uh, on the rabbits one. You can hit me. You can hit Sarah up, and she'll afford it through. She'll be like, hell yeah, well, more for the fodder. <laughs> yeah, yeah, afford it on through. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> So, and again, I want to thank all the candidates for coming out, even the ones who might have to learn a lesson sooner or later. But I want to thank you all for coming out because, you know what, <laughs> it shows that you're trying. So even though I might, 
I might rest you a little bit, bro. I might give you a little hell, uh, you know, but that's what we do. You know, that's that. I mean, wouldn't you part rather of part of what you entered into? Yeah. So, you know, at least at least there's going to be a little more candor. I feel that that some of the candidates where they may not be equipped as we would like them to become candidates, but their intentions are very pure and true. And mm-hmm. so then maybe there's a spot for them in the community to be doing something, but with the talents that they have. So mm-hmm. I really look forward to the learning experience of not only those who make it into office, but I like to see what people who don't get into office do afterwards, because that really shows who's committed to their community. And that's what we really need to remember is the community is what counts right now. Yeah. So uh, outside of politics, uh local nonprofits if you got psas or anything you'd like to share we play them you got them we play them uh also just announced pro arts maui eric gilliam one man show white hawaiian coming july and august so go check out eric's page go check out the white hawaiian page go check out whitehawaiian.com and you're gonna enjoy yourself uh you know i think that this is uh this is probably one of the best conversations of like how Hoppa Boys come to be. So like it definitely it's it's a story that speaks to me. It's a story that uh, that speaks to a lot of a lot of local brothers and sisters. And so I think it's and it's a really it. good. Hmm? I said, and we just love Eric Gilliam. Yeah. Awesome. I did film with him back in November, and he is a hoot and a holler. National treasure that one. <laughs> yeah. yeah, but it's good laughs. Uh, I was lucky enough to go see it, uh, hang out with Brian Cohn and and Austin, and uh, when we watched it, when it was uh, when it was over uh, over Kihei side and uh, at that uh, what's that that golf course out over there? But yeah, when it was at the what Mulligans or whatever. Oh, on the blue. On the blue. Yeah, that's what yeah, it was. Yeah, no, yeah. yeah. I like the bar. The green. Yeah. <laughs> but yeah, no. The the bar was good. The, the like uh, the food was good. Uh, people there were good. It was nice little quaint <laughs> theater. Yeah, I I really would like to see it on stage. So I definitely think that like August I'll probably check them out on stage because we're gonna be busy all July. But uh, yeah, mm-hmm. guys, if you haven't gone seen it yet. All you guys know who Eric is. So go out, get a laugh, have a good time. It's some funny stuff. Yeah. Like he not only covers his 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 parents and his grandparents' history, you know, he even does some some funny references to Amy and then he does some really good stuff about his career cuz not many people know about like his Broadway and off-Broadway days. So like it's just it's it is a spectacle. And okay, you will laugh constantly. Take your friends, take your neighbors, uh, take your ex-husbands. It's hilarious. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Well, let's dig right into uh, what's going on. What's going on? We're really just going to, as far as Hawaii news today, we're going to talk Maui. Because you know what? I'm talking enough about Hawaii in the election. So more than likely, uh, during the whole election season, you like get other island news. Bah. You know, you know where those people stay. There's plenty of stuff for that. But right now, we're going to cover Maui, and I'll be touching base with all the other islands as we cover special segments for the election. So let's focus on home. Um, really, really, really proud to say UH Maui 
graduating class, restrictions lifted, out there having a good time. Our next generation of, of brilliant minds is now unleashed upon the world. Like, I'm, I'm stoked. Oh. Yeah. Yes. Uh, Congratulations. Absolutely. Uh, and right. then a big thing to note in that is that's, uh, that is uh, one of the first groups of the UH uh, Maui Film Program graduating out oh, of that yes, group. That's yeah. Right. A lot of hard oh, work. Around in the world now. Yeah. Yay. So, uh, hey, guys. You like one job? Hit me up. Okay. <laughs> That's the whole point, bro. Don't go running off to the mainland. We got lots of things cooking. Stay here. Yeah. Stay here. Stay, stay, stay. Stay. We got work for you. Yes, we do. Um. Yeah, I think that's a happy enough note to start on. But you know what? Let's let's get yeah. angry for a second. Uh oh. Uh, what? Uh oh. What are you angry about? What's grinding your gears? You know what grinds my gears? No. Uh, gears. You know what chaps my ass? Uh, no. <laughs> That's already like two other shows. Everybody else uses the chaps my ass. You know, it really pieces me off, bro. <laughs> there we go. We'll go with that one. But um, turns out uh, the whole Wailuku water buy from Chumley looks like it's up in the air. Maybe, no, maybe. Um, for those of you who have been paying attention to, uh, you know, Avery Chumley says, hey, I'll, you guys all complaining about not having the water? I'll sell you the water, but the county's got to pay. And so we were like, okay, well, I guess, you know, I, if we have to pay for water that's technically supposed to be for the people, uh, yeah, sure. What and so then, do we have? Yeah, no, yeah. I mean, he's pretty much put a gun to the water's head as it is. So yeah. uh, <laughs> now I'm like, no, never mind. But the the... The the crazy part about it is is that now the the county is like trying to cheap him down on the price like the price like they're like ah oh, we like give you we like give you ten dollar and he's like I guess I'll put up with it and then like a couple months later it's like ah eight dollar and he's like bro why you gotta take them away you know so yeah. I think that there's you know. Somewhere in his Grinch heart, he's released the water, and I guess we just gotta let bygones be bygones on that. He's and now, totally okay, okay. but I think that like the finger wag, like whatever. If somebody wants to get paid, and that's what it takes. Then, like you know what, you want earthly possessions to get by, we give you all the earthly possessions we can get because you know what, the people in the water are more important. So, okay. as it looks right now, the county is. Half-assed its budget, has not has not made the effort to be able to pay for it, and it oh. looks like the budget for it is not available for the next cycle. So that tells me like one of two things: either Victorino has not put one budget together, or uh -uh. he's waiting last second to look all cool so that way when it comes up like week from the election, he goes, "Oh, this is what I gotta do." Got it. Yeah, which like. You know what, bro? Like, I, I hope it's more closer to that because at least we get to see what he might have in mind. But, like, I think that this is like, hey, uh, Maui mayor candidates, if you're listening, part of your job is making the budget. So, like, if you like help save the water, if you like help save the Aina, if you like help save your brothers and sisters on the street, you have to think about the budget. Everything costs money, all right? If we ain't got Kahlo, ain't got time, all right? So 
in order to fix them, you guys need to be aware. And if there's one thing that I found interesting among many of the more salt-of-the-earth candidates is that there's not a lot of long-term planning that went into place. And so this is one of the ones that I say to the mayoral candidates, when I get to round two to talk to you guys, like, I'm going to ask you about budgets because, like, things like this, this is why Luku Water Buy, like, this could... It's a big deal. It is. Huge big deal that should be addressed. Should have been addressed like one of the first things. Mm-hmm. Like, so I mean, I'd say this, and then that gentrification plan in Wailuku. I mean, these need to be big talks. You know, yeah. I think that there's way too much uh, dog and pony show conversation. I mean, I caught a little bit of the uh, the mayor candidate roundtable the other day, but not to drop too much shade, but it was uh, it was a yawn fest, and I think that you know, not really a. I wouldn't put too much of it on the host or the platform itself, but more on the fact that, like, who made the questions? Because, like, I thought it was kind of weird that they, like, dedicated a moment in time to talk about, like, bike lane laws. And it's like, go bug the council members about that. Go bug code enforcement about that. Go bug the new chief at MPD about that. Don't go waste the mayor's time. Like, you don't understand. Like, and this is not me coming in defense of Victorino, because we, we all we all have our likes, we all have our dislikes. We have our, no, this is more the sensibility of like a mayor has so much on their plate. So yeah. why are we gonna test them on bike lane laws? Yes, yeah. Petty. ask the big questions. Yeah. yeah. Do you ask the king why why the cow chews the grass? No, bro. No. <laughs> okay. <laughs> like. <laughs> It's it's like it's like turning to the Queen of England and going, Can you unplug this toilet for me, sister? You know? Wait, who exactly are asking these questions? Just like people in the community are the ones asking the questions, or there's certain council people asking the questions. These questions were prepared by, I believe, the the host slash people who wrote in. And then that's the other thing, is that shows you that not enough people are engaging with they're politicians because if there's enough space for crazy lady number 10 to always raise her hand and go, I like to ask one question. Uh, can you go sideways down the street backwards on your bicycle three times a day? You know, and it's like, <laughs> why? Why are we giving a platform to crazy auntie number six? You know, <laughs> like, nobody wants to listen to yeah. stoner auntie number one who wants to legalize pot, but everybody will fucking <laughs> ask the question <laughs> nobody wants to, nobody wants to hear the answer to is, uh, bike lane speeds and procedures like oh geez they might as well have like read the back of a cereal box because that's about like so all i gotta say is like you guys like all of them all of them did a good job at trying to make the best of what it was i really feel that they just need a great environment um i am gonna have an interview with cullen bell coming out soon so that's gonna be pretty good a PDF yeah. <laughs> of all the questions and have it on the website and be like, these are the questions that should be asked next week. And if anybody wants to ask them, there you go. I'm going to do the work for you guys. So that well, you know, and that's the thing is like now how crazy everything's gotten, I'm going to go that extra mile and do the work for everybody is not only am I making sure to like, hit up the community and try to find the questions that they're asking. I'm even going so far as to like, I'm scouring all the other news pages and seeing the questions that people are asking there. Uh, I'm even catching some of these 
candidate talk story sessions because some of them are having Zooms and stuff like that. Caught a really good one this last week. Uh, Amy Peruso had up. Shout out to her because, like, she's on the ball over there. Like, I can see why she already made it into office. And, you know, she's not in my district. So, like, I don't vote for her. So, like, I could say she's cool all day. Like, you guys got to make your own opinion over there on Big Island. But uh, from the things that I saw, definitely lots of questions that, like, I, I'm, I just, I'm hoping for the best, but you know, sometimes when I when I see how the media plays out with some of these guys, it's just they just don't get enough time to answer a good question. Because then when the when the really hard questions came up, there was just this random voice showing up like every two minutes, going thirty seconds left, and it's like, oh, sister, you're like, what? No, getting no. to the meat. This is Hawaii. <laughs> we all Portuguese out here. Even the ones no Portuguese, we still Portuguese a little because we all hang out with Portuguese. All right, so we're gonna talk story. All right, telling one Hawaiian candidate uh, that they only get a minute and a half for their ideas. Mm, no, 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 no. I gotta tell you that, like, at trying to trying to make fifteen minutes work, uh -uh, that barely even worked for me. That's why, like, I have this play zone of like, really, they're like somewhere between seventeen and thirty minutes. But like, mm -hmm. I really just gauge it on how much did they repeat themselves and how many ums ahs in there, and then I'll be like, okay, technically they get one more minute, one more minute for too many ums ahs, or oh, I yeah. derailed and asked a crazy question and I went on a tangent, so I'll give you those five minutes back. But I just think that uh, that you know, especially on such a local level, you know, for how much. Well, yeah, crazy that you're giving these candidates more time that they're actually given to the public um that says something right there well you know and it started to show itself in some of the interviews because some of these guys have been trained by the media to be quick and responsive and so some because of them because obviously they didn't get enough time so they're like shit i don't got a minute and a half exactly i gotta spit this shit out yeah it's like so I yeah, it's like Pavlov's yeah. dog for politicians. And so they yeah. ring so CNN rings it's the like bell. <laughs> and then they're like, "Oh, I've got 90 seconds. I've only got 90 seconds." You know, and it's just like that's a that's a lot for people to like jam in. So I got to say, you know, uh to the candidates I haven't interviewed yet, if you haven't like really sat down with the bonus episodes and dug into them, I give you guys a lot of space. I give you guys a lot of latitude because you know what? Now, first meet the candidate. We got to know as much as we can about you. It's not about yeah. me asking the questions yet. That's why everybody gets the same like five questions in this meet the candidate because we really just want to establish a baseline of conversation. And then, then maybe if if we got something really good to talk about your campaign, we're going to talk about it. If you want crazy fucker, we're going to talk about it. <laughs> but we're going to talk about all of it and we're going to give it time. I'm even trying right now. I'm talking with uh, my co-writer, Jonathan Milikidzi, who I've suckered into helping me craft the round two questions. And, okay. uh, yeah, no, I think I think I, we're, we're really going to figure out, like, the best way to keep away from the gotcha questions, but still come up with important questions like what does your office do to really test people? So uh, I think, you know, second round, uh, all the fiduciary departments are going to get budget questions. Uh, all the legislative guys are going to get asked, like, really good systemic, like, solving questions, like, if A plus B equals C, then Y, X, you know? Ooh, so, <laughs> well, yeah, well, and, and to a degree, it will seem confusing to the public, but yeah. for those that are running for those seats, it's sure, going to no, tell us, yeah, yes, 
should be aware of. Yeah. Yes. And it and yeah. that will help us show who we should be voting for. Not based on a party line. Not Who's based on their Yeah. Who's done their homework? And it's gonna prove to us who the viable candidate is. No matter I like that. what uh, yes. Strategy, Kavika. Yes. Good strategy. I gotta make it even. Right. You know? Public isn't giving them a platform. Well, God dang it, I'm gonna give them a platform. Yep, 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 yep. Uh, speaking of platforms, one has been stalled in the Peely. Uh, you know that big house we were talking about? I do. The one that's big eyesore. Up yeah. In that. Yeah. What so... happened to that? <laughs> uh oh. So turns out mm. that uh, someone finally went over there to check things out. Mm-hmm. And the um, the zoning and the square footage mm-hmm. uh, that they, they it doesn't match for the the permit exemption that they wanted, and it Oops. looks like even so, and they're like it likely exceeds the seventy five hundred square foot limitation, and uh, for a single family residence. So I think someone's finally noticed how many inches he went over on his plan. And oh. so it's stalled. Uh, I would think that there's going to be a sign of how long it's going to take. So I'd, I'd put my money on he's going to either, like, try to bend the knee and figure out, like, what he has to cut off to get it going again. Mm-hmm. Or he's just going to wait and see who wins the election and then pay that politician off. <laughs> right. And depending on certain people, if they get into office or stay in office, like, that's totally a possibility because we know how crony the fucking politics are out here. Oh, no. Oh, no. But you know what? It's time for a little break. So here's a message from Newsly. We live in a fast-paced world where many people are too busy to sit down and read books or news articles. But thanks to Newsly, you can now listen to the news you wish you had the time to read. By utilizing AI technology, a natural human voice reads you the news, helping you grasp the information faster and more efficiently. Newsly provides the latest news updates 24-7, letting you browse articles from topics you choose. It even has podcasts, including ours. And listeners of Rabbit Holes can get their first 30 days of premium for free, allowing you to enjoy an ad-free experience by using the special promo code in our episode description. So download Newsly today for free on iOS and Android or visit www.newsly.me so you can stay updated on the things that matter to you. So, uh, if you don't believe in global warming now, I mean, I think you should, but, like, we're at the point to where, like, Mother Nature is having, like, menopausal moments in the Midwest. Um, <laughs> so, I, I don't know if you heard, but uh, Colorado it is going from 90 to heavy snow in, like, an instant. I, yeah. That's weird. Well, I, I know that's weird. I mean, you know, like... 
But I mean, think about this: all these weird cold snaps that we'd be getting in places. Remember how we got we got snow on Haleakala and snow on yeah. Mount Akea for the first time in like 105 years, right? Mm-hmm. So that same thing is going to start showing itself throughout the world. That little, that one little cosmic moment that happens once in a century, we're going to see how ripple effects yeah mm-hmm. because then uh, now we have to experience that weather season alongside all the changes of global warming and people don't recognize that like there is the four seasons that some people have but then there are also things that happen because of like earth sun and moon position and like how many seasons have to pass to cause something to build up you know like for as unpredictable as like California wildfires seem to the rest of the world as someone who spent a lot of their life in California, like it's a season because like the Santa Ana's ripple down through the high desert winds and that causes brush to move. And then that in turn causes like, there's so many things. And then people also don't understand that. Like if you leave a pile of hay in a field for like 10 months and you come back, it can light itself on fire. So like there's, I, yeah, no, yeah. So like I, I spent an, enough time being a, a ranch hand at a Boy Scout camp, and you know, tending horses as a kid, uh, you know, working slaughters and all that stuff. And I gotta say that like that was probably like the weirdest thing that I learned hauling hay was uh, like sometimes you gotta make sure to like break up all the hay or it's just because there's mold that will grow in there, and then that mold secretes an oil, and then that oil heats up from the sun. And, oh, wow. then, and then it causes the little brindly parts of the brush to get hot and then smoke. And so things like that happen with leaves. It happens with. So, so like, I mean, I know we kind of gone down a rabbit hole and all I was talking about was Colorado, but, no, but I mean, that's, but that's, that's the thing with, with global warming is that like in, in congruence with these deeper seasons, you know, I don't, I'm sure there's a cool, like, term that i should be using that i'm gonna have to go look up or help invent now but like there are these long-term seasonal parts that happen in like year or five-year chains you know it's just like when we get el nino or something so uh i i just i think that like it if we're not paying attention to it now you know i'm not i'm not of the cult of like doom saying like the world's gonna fucking blow up any minute because you're not paying attention to the global warming, but we need to be aware that the earth is crying for help right now. We need to mm-hmm. be aware that this is the Anthropocene epoch. Okay. This is the change. This is the age of man's change. That's what that means. All right. It is mankind's fault. We are in the era of our own fault. We've been yeah. Nick one doodle and now we got to clean it up. So start cleaning you fuckers. Yeah. <laughs> Oh, there's not enough in the world to medicate me when it comes to taking care of the planet. (laughs) I wonder if this has any effect. I just saw like a news article like back home in Grand Rapids, Michigan, and it was all about how the birds are attacking people like walking by. I wonder if like that has anything to do like the, you know, like they're there at the wrong time because of global warming or if that has like a trickle effect to like how the animals are behaving, you know, know? because just past few years they're like all of a sudden these birds are now attacking like walkers like just on the street and they never used to do that and you know before so what could possibly happen that could like trigger them to do that you know I dig that idea. I think we should. I'm. I'm gonna go digging into that. Like, I, I'm gonna digging go find out. Grand Rapids. I'm gonna. Yeah. And, and I think it was like. I think it was like Fox 17. It was. It was a. It was a bigger. You know, like news. News. You know. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. 
No, yeah. No, I think that's worth looking into. You know, in some cases with that, with like migratory disruptions occur, you also have mm-hmm. food chain supply issues. Like, hey, we may be out of baby formula right now, but like birds oh can all gosh, be out of work. Yeah, well, what, what's up with that? I've just been catching little like glimpses of it on like social media, but why? 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 Okay, you know we- what? I'm glad you brought this up because I almost forgot to put this on the docket. And I even told people uh, on the gram that I was going to talk about this. But, yes. Yeah, what is, why are we short of formula? What is formula made out of that we're not getting right now? Well, uh, so your dry formula that you usually mix is actually yeah. a, a, is usually a cow dairy base. But because okay. you can't just, like, straight up take little cow moo milk and put it into babies, what happens then right. is there is this perfected blend of nutrients so it's like baby's daily vitamin combined into the milk all right okay what a lot of people don't understand because nobody pays attention to history books and half of the population uh doesn't have breasts well they don't have functioning milk making breasts so Mm -hmm. there, there are some people out there that are like uh why can't they just breastfeed and it's like bro do you know what the infant death mortality rate was before the advent of fucking formula formula like we owe like population boom to two major things all right formula and abortions and you'd be surprised at how much actually clean abortions brings up the scale of humankind to have more effective babies you know and then that and then in that close third behind those in a in a related but unrelated category is vaccines so, like, and we'll get into that a whole nother time because we have yet to unlock that rabbit hole. And I, I hear that there are some people out there listening that need a statistical realignment and understand the reality of the world. So we'll get into that. But, uh, but the, uh, the so, um, you know, I, I did peruse, uh, like, the news feeds Throughout Hawaii, I was checking, like, all the Island Now stuff, all the Hawaii news stuff, all the KHN. Like, people were talking about it, you know, so I went cruise the threads. And um, it seems to be that a lot of people are caught up on this, like, crazy, the government boogie man, Joe Biden's behind it. Bro, bro, it's corporate accountability, all right? This is what happened, all right? So the Abbott Corporation, they are one of the largest suppliers of infant formula. Pandemic hits, right? Everybody Mm -hmm. shuts their plants down, right? Well, as it turns out, Abbott, they didn't clean their facilities during their shutdown in COVID. And instead, they spent a lot of their money on stock buybacks. So they were kind of like broke but liquid at the same time and they decided to just defer that bill because you know they were probably hoping for some covid government cheese or something and then they were just like nah brah nobody's using it yet so uh not many of you folks know this but like where there's dairy there's gonna be like yeasty moldy crap even it like you have to turn it into powder some way so there's there's milk components that are there there's there's Wheat and whey components, there's nuts and stuff like that. There's all these things, and then bacteria grows on that, okay? As someone who has a parent that works in food packaging, I'm going to tell you right now, like, those folks go through a lot to keep those things clean in order to make it, you know? I was always proud growing up to say that my dad worked in food packaging 
as as a mechanic because like it's guys like them that make sure that our food is clean and safe you know and so what people don't realize is that people weren't paid to make that formula facility clean and safe and so they got an inspection because there was tainted formula that got babies sick okay oh, no. all right so then that causes them to shut down the plant and now they're already behind on formula production because they were closed for part of covid and so right. then now all the major places that they're stocking are feeling this shortage Okay, that makes sense. Exactly. Okay. So, it all makes and then sense. here's the best part for those of you folks that are still like trying to like jam that thought into your ear because you think like like I'm speaking Greek or uh, somebody's contaminated me from like the corporate news media or something. Abbott Incorporated. I'm gonna put it in the show notes. You can go directly to their website. They even released an apology newsletter for not cleaning the fucking place. Okay, so there is a business that is responsible, being held accountable and is holding themselves accountable as best they can. But they could be better. But nonetheless, the conversation exists, is in the open and the answer is right in front of us. So put the tinfoil hats away and recognize that there's a real person that you should shake your finger at and hold responsible. So Mm. let's just uh, hope and pray that like these guys get their shit together and they've got like fully functioning plant up to spec and they're making tons of it. Uh, for those of you assholes out there, they're going, Oh, well, why don't you get all the formula that's at the border? And it's like, brah, that's an overstock site. Of course they got extra there because they're prepared for emergency. Okay. So the grocery store only going to carry like two or three weeks. If that in some cases in their back stock. So, a grocery store is not outfit to make it through a supply shortage because it's an on-the-day supply place, okay? <laughs> Meanwhile, stop picking on immigrants and refugees at the border, all right? Because, uh, shit, nearly every Hawaiian's a refugee out there because we're all displaced, murdered, or unaccounted for, and everybody else is is a fucking immigrant at the end of the day. If you don't, like... if you. If you didn't come directly from this island, you want an immigrant, whether immigrant now or immigrant because your father, your grandfather, your great great grandfather, whatever, you know? And that's that I feel that, that half the time that's all the indigenous voices are asking to be noticed is like stop trying to like glom on to an identity. Separate it. You, you're just as much as an immigrant as we are. Yeah. Yes, exactly. Okay? It's like so this whole this whole nationalism bug, you know, and I also like I'm probably going to start picking that bone really hard is like, I'm not a fan of the term Kama Aina because like it doesn't refer to Hawaiians in most cases. <laughs> I feel, I, I know. Hawaiian. Well, and you know what I got to say, there's a lot of locals who are respectful. Be like, yeah, bro, I, I, I don't claim it. I don't even get the discount because I feel like robbing sometimes. I'm like, bro, you take the discount. Wow. You're a good guy. No, yeah, but you know, and there's well, and it also goes back to the same thing. A lot of a lot of people who would technically qualify as as a Kamaaina resident because they own, you know, they are voters, but they don't vote on Office of Hawaiian Affairs. You know, I was talking with Brendan Lee at OHA, and he said everybody gets to vote for OHA chairs. It's one of the biggest elections in the state, but how many people don't check that box 
because they respect enough to go, oh, that's not my fight. But then at the same time, it's like, bah, like if you're going to come out in a discount, you might as well uh, check that OHA box too, you know? <laughs> like, help a brother out. You're going to get it first. At least fight for it. Yeah. I see yeah. <laughs> so, uh, you know, if you like one parking space. <laughs> but, uh, yeah, no, I, I feel that there's there's just a little a little too much misconception there. and I, And I think that that's like, there's a lot of like second generation Rachel Dolezaling going on right now. You know, and then I feel that that like it doesn't help my imposter syndrome most days because like growing up as a kid, you know, most of my life on the mainland and it just there my my tutu had a very refined like went to Kamehameha school, like gentrified, like Americanized, like but still still could be sassy tutu. But then like my grandfather went from like thick up country boy pigeon to like yes sir master sergeant overnight and then i got caught between the three so then as a kid playing and growing up all you do is play portuguese speak pigeon all day you know you play in the dirt you run in the mud you fucking do your chores and everybody just you know but then there was that time that like the snap came around hey boy gotta clean up your voice so you know get one job i'd be like yes sir and then the next thing you know it like (laughs) You you have to like wear your white voice for like twenty years. Oh and yeah, then, we talked about this. Yeah, All right. mm-hmm. you know. Mm-hmm. And, and there's <laughs> I feel that there's a lot of like weird points where I like have like these identity issues because it's like I return back to Maui and there's like ten Howley guys like walking down the street giving fucking pigeon lessons, <laughs> and then meanwhile it's like if I even just utter something outside of hi how you doing, they're like oh my god. Is he going to hurt me? Like, are you, does he speak our language? I don't know what's going on. You know, but then, like, and then when you do finally, like, try to rip it out, it's always that random, like, howly dude down the street that's just like, oh, it's actually pronounced like this. And it's like, bah. <laughs> right now, bah. I try to love you real hard right now, brah. Let's just meet in the middle and say, you know what? Let it go. <laughs> but, you know, so I, like, I, I you know, I... I know there's other Kanakas that feel that way. I know there's plenty of indigenous peoples in other places, you know, like, I mean, I feel that, like, it interjects into that same conversation that the Latinx population and and the black population have to deal with, like, that whole, like, test of blackness, test of, test of Latinness, test of Mexicanness, uh, test of, you know, so it's just like, how Kanaka are you? And it's like, yeah, I, I has that for sure yeah so i'm gonna tell you there's a whole nother level next to it there's there's you could be chocolate with cherry pigeon accent and everything bro but you know what you know you're really hawaiian when you got one messed up head because you gotta like learn to like flip the light switch where you go like oh i can i can only speak an npr voice here or else they'll kick me out you know <laughs> and then there's other places where you can like walk in the door and be like hey you fuck us you know and so like there's there's this dance that we make you know and i was i was talking with you about this like you know the last time we were hanging out just like the, mm-hmm. the whole factor of like you know sometimes i feel like i just have to keep the white voice on until yeah. I'm comfortable with somebody. <laughs> exactly. You know? Because so. it's just like, it's the only that's thing. That's how you get a job. That is. That's how you get that's the job. That's how you get a job. Yes. Yep. That's the crazy part. Is that's, that's the only I way know, that I've you can get a job. I've told that too when I've been, oh, you've got like a nice, like, professional voice. Like, they weren't expecting me to have, oh, you know, dude. To, to talk 
perfect, you know, English. It's my, like, my first month back up country because, like, you know, nobody would seen me up there in a decade or more. So then yeah. I'm like, I in food land. And then, you know, Hawaiian knows Hawaiian. So when you mm-hmm. look someone in the eye, they're like, hey, what's up, Karaka? You know? Yeah, yeah, yeah. So, you know, I, I checking out. I, I, you know, I just getting my groceries at Foodland up in Pukalani, and then I talking with Auntie who's checking me out. She's like, "Oh, you got such good mainland voice." And I was like, <laughs> "Oh, Auntie, yes, I uh, got one education in California." Said, oh, very nice, very nice. <laughs> Bet you get good job. I try it, too. <laughs> like, you know, and then like I was also like I was on the I was on a video call. I was on a video call with with, uh, with this young young boy of country and we was we was talking movie stuff. And then, you know, I'm just in like total business mode. So I'm just like cracking it down and I'm like breaking into everything. We're just parsing yeah. the materials, bro. And then his mom's like, who you talking to over there? <laughs> oh, uh, are you talking to Kavika? His name Kavika. You sure? He sounds like one Holly boy. And it's like, oh, well, you know, he went, uh, he went to school mainland. <laughs> it's like, oh, hi, Auntie. And she's like, oh, hi. Oh, you are. Oh, well, very good um, for you, honey. You know? <laughs> right. You learned that good white voice. Well, you know good what? Hey, that have. was. I got to say that that was one of the biggest things that spoke out to me when I saw Crazy Rich Asians. Okay. You know what? I haven't seen that one yet. What? Oh, all right. You know, I'm going to spoil this for you because you should have seen it by now. But there's this whole point in the movie where, like, the guys are getting ready for the bachelor party. And he's Uh hanging out with his cousins. And they're like, oh, digging that British accent, bro. And he's like, oh, yes, the colonials love this one. You know? And it's (laughs) like, yeah, because that's what we get. Like, I mean, you try speaking another language for a century and then have to like sound like why do you think so many like people from the east when they put on an american voice or they put on a british voice to talk it's literally code switching to them because it's like the only way you're gonna listen is if they go peep peep cheerio instead of ni hao ma like it's just like why how have we gotten to the point where like we we used to be such a openly communicating just global melange of beauty, you know, where you could just like hop on a train, end up in another country, speak a, a completely different language, and at least three out of five people there might kind of know what you're saying. And now mm-hmm. we live in a country that can barely be bilingual most days, and people get like mad that you have to like press one for English or press two for Espanol. And it's like, bro, some people use El Numero Dos. Don't be getting them down. All right. <laughs> And then besides, half the people that want us to speak English all the time don't even use it correctly. But I digress. You know what? I could I I could get on that. I could get on that horse all day. But you know what oh, yeah. horse I'd rather get on is the weird, <laughs> crazy ass election shit going on. I know I like I've been talking enough about like the Hawaii state election, but we should be covering just a little bit of what's going on on the mainland and uh Pennsylvania is a weird fucking place right now. It's a Petri dish for, like, conspiracy and fraud. Um, Mm. And for those of you who are listening who think I'm about to say something else, I'm actually not. I'm actually going to say this. This has got to be the most, like, Orwellian game-playing right in plain sight. Like, I'm going to tell you, folks, I'm a Republican, but I'm not a Trumper. 
not going to do that shit. Too fucking crazy. Not joining that party. Okay? So, and why? Why? Because this asshat went on to go and say that the elections were rigged and that's why he lost. Even though voter turnout was high enough because nobody wanted four more years of doom, you know, even then not enough for people to vote against their own party. Because, fuck. Uh, I mean, I would have rather had another root canal than have him. Uh, oh, no. But, uh, but what I'm really getting to here is that, so... Pennsylvania Senate primary. Okay, so we've got we've got two Republican candidates running against each other to see who's going to be at the top of the ballot in the primary, and it's already a pretty much like Republican district. So you got Doctor Oz. Okay, yeah, yeah, yeah. Wait, that's right, Doctor nah. Doctor Mehmet Oz. Yeah, that asshole. Yeah. Really, Doctor Oz, like the Doctor Oz. Yeah, the snake oil son of a bitch. Yeah. Oh my gosh! Yeah. Okay, continue. Mm-hmm. Uh, he, he's wow. he yeah. Oh, he loves Trump. Him and Trump are buddies, like huge buddies. Like, mm-hmm. yeah, like mm-hmm. questionably way too close buddies. Uh, mm-hmm. So, um, so needless to say, you got two two GOP candidates running against each other, who are both being either cheered, lauded, or financially backed by Trump or Trump allies. So you have this false sense of choice all right and then the crazy part is is the gop out there is eating it up and the people are eating it up so you've got two trumpers running against each other and then one trumper wins and there has to be a recount and you know what trump says oh this proves it's rigged it's all it's you know it's uh, everything's working against dr oz and it's like bro you literally were just supporting that other candidate. How it wasn't rigged. You were literally you were it was a fixed fight. You made it a yeah. fixed fight. How is it rigged if the fight's already fixed? And that is the reason why I have a problem with this nozzle. Because he's not capable of playing ethically. Okay? He's it's just, just not even he's being so obvious and dumb about it, huh? Yes. Like, it's be- like trying to hide it a bit. No, he doesn't hide it. And he says it out plain right. I mean, is it's it to be blatant. Is it like a like, hey, I'm gonna do this out in public just to show everybody I can do this kind of thing, or does he actually think that they're being like really coy and like he he he? We're just gonna put two Republicans and make it look like they're fighting, so we win kind of either way. Well, I mean, we're talking about a guy who made racial slurs on national television and misogynistic remarks on national television. Yeah. Yeah. So yeah. like I mean he has no decorum. Like I don't yeah. even I like let's not like I'm gonna like really when when it comes back to the presidential election and if that ass has tries to run, I will be there every week to remind you guys how much he raised our taxes, how much he fucked over the environment, how much he deregulated school. I mean, you guys are worried about why we got why your kids are getting stupid right now. I've got two words. Betsy DeVos, okay? And and yeah. No, I was just like Betsy DeVos. I don't know who that is. Who's Betsy DeVos? She she was the asshat that was put in charge of education under Trump initially, and then she had to get ousted and replaced by somebody else. But by the time that she was out, she had already gutted most of the infrastructure. All the real parts of No Child Left Behind were pretty much gone during the Trump administration. Oh, no. So, like, he abandoned our children. He abandoned our goodwill mission towards refugees and immigrants. He abandoned the working class by raising taxes. Okay? That's... To me, 
No, you if you cannot, to me, a really good Republican candidate is going to create homeostasis for the economy. They're going to establish a baseline for the working class. They're going to know the right taxable levels for everybody's income, recognize when certain corporations are gouging the market way too much. I really feel that moderation is a part of really good conservative like economics. Like, I, I, I really don't get how we turned into the party of deregulation when if you want a machine to run, how many valves, how many dials, how many button entries that, like, to make that car run, you can't just put gas on the hood of your car and expect it to go. Same thing goes for this country. So if we want to be able to make progress for those in poverty... We have to be able to hold the rich accountable. We have to be able to help the working class in the middle. You know, all of these parts, like these people do need to be respected on each of their levels. So, yeah, like, great. Captains of industry make jobs. Well, great. But why do you need another one billion dollars? There's a certain point to where, like, I, and I've calculated the base amount. I mean, your average working class person, the second they have at least a quarter million dollars in savings, their life is pretty much hunky dory. You know, that's kind of like the median goal point of at least you want like your 401k and the ability to retire by 65, the whole nine yards, like aim for a quarter million dollars. A million's really good, but functionally on like a debt ratio and a credit level, the second you're there, that's, I mean. More, more money, more problems. Exactly. So then why, and especially when these are like second generation, third generation, fourth generation, like mega money people. I mean, like, I think most days people forget that like guys like Elon Musk are like made from blood diamond mines from their parents, you know, and they're not really like propping up the economy because all their money came from enslaving people, you know? Oh, Which, yeah. So speaking of enslaving people and, uh, you know, crazy stuff in general, um, the uh, GOP has decided to move the CPAC conference. I mean, I, I can't say the GOP outright, but, you know, uh, the America's Conservative Political Action Conference, all right, which is pretty much everybody that's in the Trump side of the GOP and, like, the nut job side, they're all going. Normally, this is held in country, which uh, for any of you uh, senators, representatives, what have you out there listening right now, if we could get some kind of like a rule put in place to say that like even if there's going to be all this stupid pack money lying around like the party should stay in the united states okay because we already we already found enough issues of what happens in florida all right like hookers literally end up going missing during cpac like that, that is not a conspiracy that, yeah i mean wow yeah no and, and then and then half of like the like dude there are so many fucking weird things that happen at GOB conventions, anywhere ranging from sex trafficking to fucking... And they're, and they're the ones that turn around and go, all oh, the Democrats are pedophiles. It's like, bro, we can literally count every year on how many fucking senators and congressmen that are Republicans that send their dick to an underage woman. Okay? That, it, like, for every, like... One person that the GOP's pointed at and said pedophile, there's been like them and two people next to them that turn oh. out to actually be the sex offender. So, like, 
how about we just stop pointing fingers and concentrate on policy because that whole like adrenochrome fucking save our children shit needs to stop because we all look like idiots in front of the world right now. So it just really get get your focus down. But what we should really be scared about is that we're having a far right contingent of the Republican Party holding a political action committee, political action conference in another country and not just any country in Hungary. OK. And for those of you who don't know who Viktor Orban is, OK, fucking crazy dickhead of fucking Hungary. All right. That's the head honcho over there. He's like he's like the Donald Trump of Hungary. He's like the Duterte uh, of fucking Hungary. And uh, he's one of those asshats that believes in like that. There's the white genocide and the white replacements going on. And so they're all having a pretty much a white nationalist conference out there. Like that's yeah, dude, it's. It's they're holding it out there so that way they can go be all fucking Nazi party in another country. Wow. And it's not a conspiracy. Like all this shit, that's all they're talking about. All their major talking points are either God or how to fucking like make sure that a white man doesn't get replaced. Wow. Yeah. Really? And no, and then so so Victor Orban's gonna be their keynote speaker. They got Tucker Carlson who's gonna be there, which that most of his rhetoric on Fox is like, oh, oh, the brown people are gonna replace us, run. And it's like, bro. Uh, we're a minority already, but like, I mean, seriously, like, if you want to give us the opportunity, we would gladly be your brand new brown overlords. But it just, it's, it's getting disconcerting at the level of like the allowed public racism again. Like, I like there was a certain point when Trump elected, I felt we went back to the '80s really bad. Like, yeah, I felt like, in it, you know, and I grew up as a kid of the '80s, being fucking half white, half Hawaiian, and then like. It was hard enough, like, before my stepdad showed up, just because, like, I was the fucking token rando kid of the group. But then, like, being, like, people were just adjusting to interracial marriage in the 80s. So, like, and there are parts of the South that are still adjusting to interracial marriage. Like, it's crazy. Like, the things that I've seen in my family, and whether it's, like, with my parents or with, my aunts and uncles like the things they had to do just to get by at the moment like i was literally like as a kid i was stopped once by a total karen who which like to some degree she thought she was protecting me but then it was like a why 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 do you have this this little tan kid with you you guys look nothing alike and then like by that point in time like my dad and i already had stupid jokes about what you can't see the striking resemblance like I'm part asshole right here. See, right, right there, lady, right there. And then we would just fucking send them on their way. But uh, it's it just, I mean, it's, it's really reaching a fucking arcane point. Like between, between this whole like new rhetoric of the white replacement, which like guys get over yourselves. Okay. Cause one, if you really wanted to get into this whole race thing, like race versus ethnicities versus nationalities, like, how about we just talk culture and heritage, okay? Mm-hmm. So at the end of the day, there's no such thing as white people because it's just a conglomeration of, like, seven races we've decided are white, okay? Right. And there's even yeah. some tan races that fit in there depending on which white crowd that you're yeah. in. And then there's white passing. 
and then there's and then you come in from the outside and then you got like the next layers inside it's so it's just like guys we are complicating things here you really want to like if any of you like republicans out there listening are like we're not racist or we're not like people just you know recognizing that you know they've just had enough with all these you know people being made special and blah 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 blah. it's like dude we are just a giant race of people out here for a good time to make it through the end of existence why you got to make it any harder like if, if somebody wants to be celebrated and they're good enough to celebrate let's celebrate them if they ain't good enough to celebrate we're gonna tell them come back next year honey maybe we will celebrate you but like getting like angry because there's pride month or getting angry because they're like that's the one thing that i like really can't understand about like libertarians is mm-hmm. the whole like well if everyone's special and no one's special but then why are you making it to where they gotta have more and i have less and it's like you don't have less there's not a you have less in this equation okay this is rebalancing equity from systemic problems so mm-hmm. like it's it's not a matter of like oh we're giving them a handout it's literally 75 years of torture how do you turn back the hands of time on hawaiian people okay 300 years of torture how do you turn back the hands of time on african-americans enslaved pacific islanders enslaved chinese enslaved native americans enslaved this enslaved that with a wiffle ball back god damn it like this is reparations so if you don't understand the systemic effect like guys for every one day you spend in despair you spend another 20 trying to get out all right so think about this if there is a young man born in the south during the fucking jim crow fucking coming to an end of slavery era and he has already been three generations deep in being a slave do you think that that immediately after giving that person freedom that you are going to undo those decades of inequity Mm-hmm. Because by that application, it is going to have a 20-fold effect on their future. Okay? So even on the small scale of sense, if you are homeless for five days, on average, it is going to take you 100 days to get out. And by the time that you're halfway into those 100 days, that 100 days turns into 1,000, 1,000 turns into a million. Mm-hmm. And eventually, that affects your offspring, the people around yeah. you, your community, and it bleeds out, okay? This is, like, a small reparation of trying to, like, just, like, having a policy to help people out. I mean, shit, for how many years was it illegal to have curly fucking hair if you had melanin in California to get a job? Like, mm-hmm. my mom had to flat iron her hair half the time just to get to an interview, and then luckily when she got to the fucking steno pool, they would be like, oh, okay, you can let it down. But but it's just like just to get through the white boss interview is like um, we can't have any unnatural hairstyles. Bitch, this is my natural hair. Like you I, tell I, people with mermaid hair that they can't even have mermaid hair. Like I feel that sounds like some weird howly jealousy thing. But no, like I just don't think that these people wrap their head around like the inequity that the generation before them created, you know? Mm-hmm. Yeah, all these fucking like God and country Christians and they don't understand that the sins of the father are the sins of the son. Like 
if there is still blood on your daddy's hands when he dies, that is your life debt now. And if yeah. you don't rectify that, then it's on your children's hands. Okay? The only way to go and make things right is to recognize where the problem started. Because if you don't yeah. start it at the source, if people don't accept responsibility, and then, because that's that's a lot of it right there. How many people out there in America right now go, well, it's not my fault. I don't own any slaves. Great. Well, you were silent last week when everybody was picking on that black kid in class. Or mm-hmm. you were silent last month when someone had started telling Negro jokes. You know, you were silent a year ago when everybody, you know, just fucking treated that guy in your classroom like shit. Okay, yeah. that's systemic. That that's just systemic negligence, and people don't understand. Like, just not fighting for, like, choosing who to fight for and who not to fight for. That eventually sets a tone in society. That's why that, like, so many people right now are angry because their subconscious racisms are being pulled out, and we all exhibit it. Even people of color have subconscious racisms, and they need to recognize <laughs> it. So I just think it's very unhealthy that we've got this CPAC conference that is going on in another country that wholly supports, like, fucking Klan, Nazi-level fucking propaganda. Like, I, all I'm waiting for now is, like, just, like, the ghost of Hitler showing up at this thing or what? Like, <laughs> it's, it's, it's nuts. And it needs, to, it needs to stay out of the GOP because, you know what? The GOP always wants to say they're the party of Lincoln. And that's, that's one crazy thing. Abraham Lincoln, Republican freed the slaves you would think that we'd want to keep owning that right right yeah right but you know it just it's a headache it's a headache and you know what in order to get through the rest of this we're going to need to take a commercial break we'll be right after right back after this The American Foundation for Suicide Prevention reminds you to take care of your mental health in the face of uncertainty. One, focus on what is in your control versus what is not. Two, do what helps you feel a sense of safety. Three, remind yourself to stay in the present. Four, stay connected with others. You can reach the crisis text line by texting TALK to 741-741 or call the National Suicide Prevention Lifeline at 1-800-273-TALK. We're in this together and help is always available. All right. I think uh I think I think I think I've calmed down a little bit. I think I've calmed down a yeah. little bit. Yeah. I'd probably be more calm if uh you know somebody had legalized marijuana in the state of Hawaii and then I'd just be like mm-hmm, functional. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Somewhere, you on that be- one. somewhere between the pain and the madness, take it away. Calgon, take me away. <laughs> Legalize marijuana, take me away. But yeah, you know what? Let's let's put aside politics. Let's put aside yeah. let's put aside the tinfoil hats. Let's put aside the fact that maybe you just thought about like turning me off on that last segment because we didn't get along on it, but you stayed along anyways because you know, you figured you got this far. Well, now, now we got to the fun part. We got to, we're gonna, we're gonna talk a little bit about the fun stuff here. So, um, I gave in, Sarah, mm-hmm. and I watched the new M Night movie on HBO. And it was fucking terrible. Huh? It was fucking terrible. 
<laughs> it was terrible, huh? Well, I mean, M. Night has like a one in five hit rate. Mm. You know, and like I didn't even bother to see what the other reviewers were writing about it because, like, I gotta say, like, it was a really good idea up until a certain point because I felt that like his new gimmick is now I'm gonna throw the 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 not gimmick, but it's pretending to be the gimmick at you. So like three times he's like the the people figure it out like what's going on, and then the fourth time is like ha, ah, but it was really this on top of that, and it's like, bro. Bro, no. Like, it went from, like, he thought his audiences weren't smart enough to where he's now just, like, over-pandering to people. Um, I got to check into the DP on that one, though. I don't I don't know who was, who was shooting that one, but, like, there were a lot of, a lot of, like, the, the long shots on the beach looked really clean. Uh, a <laughs> lot of the really, like, close-up work was, was good. Um... I mean, the locations, you know, was what it was, island retreat type of thing. But uh, the movie's called Old, and it revolves around a couple of families and a couple, well, two couples and two families that gets invited out to this special resort for the vacation of their lives. And they all get uh, told that there's this nice private beach that they can go to, and then when they get to that beach, they can't leave it. And then they also find out that for every 30 minutes spent on that beach, one year of their life passes. Trippy. So then for every one hour, they grow two years. Mm-hmm. So, like, right there, that's a really good, like, night gallery level, like, Twilight Zone, like, premise. But at a certain point, it felt like M. Night was trying to do Jordan Peele and just failed. Mm-hmm. Um, I got to say that, like, I really haven't been impressed with him, like, since I think the last one I liked was was Split. So, like, and that was the culmination of the Unbreakable trilogy. So, I mean, uh, yeah, no, Glass. I'm sorry. So then you had you had Unbreakable, Split, and then Glass. I don't think I saw those ones. Uh, Unbreakable was uh, Bruce Willis, Samuel L. Jackson. Bruce Willis yeah, finds have, out that he yes. might have oh, superpowers, yeah. right? Yeah. And then yep. Split is James McAvoy. Crazy, all these superpowers from the different stuff in his head, which pretty much he's just like M. Night ripping off Crazy Jane from Doom Patrol. Um, mm-hmm. And then, yeah, and then... Um, glasses, them coming together, and then like mm-hmm. Samuel L. Jackson pitting them against each other. Oh um, yes, I remember. Yeah, I I I'd, I'd have to say that was some of his better work. The payout finally on all three of those. There was some tie ups at the end of three that probably could have been better. Mm-hmm. But then I realized that like he's now trying to create this M Night universe. He's all putting it all together in his own private Twilight Zone. So like mm-hmm. you're you're gonna start seeing a lot of things spill over from the end of of glass into old in a, in mm-hmm. essence there are some things hidden in the back to look out for. Um, I'd have to say the only thing that really disturbed me out of all of it because like I like some of the shock horror was really good. Some of yeah. uh, like the, like he had he had solid elements, but I wouldn't give this movie more than two stars out of five. Really? Yeah, well, it's just like it was. It was so close to being there, but like giving it anything better than a two would just be huh? yeah, no. So like, but like I don't care if I spoil anybody on this one because this was probably like this is one of those things that would probably if if this weirds you out, folks, then don't watch this movie. Um, so everybody ages, you know, two years in in an hour, right? 
well, there's a six-year-old, there's a pair of six-year-olds from two different families, a boy and a girl, that in a matter of hours become <gasps> adults, <gasps> and the girl ends up pregnant. <gasps> but there's still six-year-olds in their brain. That's weird. That is weird. That is totally weird. Like, I'm okay with, like, we meet two six-year-olds at the beginning of the movie, 20 years passes, they grow up, they fuck, whatever. Okay? But it's, like, six-year-old brain, 15 to 17-year-old body, all the parents are, like, down the beach, looked away, we cut to this quick sequence of, like, they, like, they're talking, they're giggling, and then they're inside this little fort tent, and then you cut back to the parents, and because... In the amount of time it took for the parents to bitch at each other, girl comes out pregnant. Yeah. And then there's a whole triggering sequence after that. I got to say, that, like, for you folks that, like. Uh, I don't like that. And also, if, you, like, if you're really, like, uh, about stuff with babies, you don't even mm-hmm. want to know what happens next. And I won't even go into <laughs> that. Just, like, I, don't even. It was, I got to say, it was, like, I have a strong constitution. I'm open to a lot of things. I'm telling you right now, folks, like, even for being the hardline moderate, like, man, a science guy that I am, I still, like, I've seen some, I've seen the macabre, I've seen the crazy, I've seen, you know, that everything short of snuff films in my life, I've probably seen it at least once out of curiosity. And so this sits on this level of, like, I have very wide and interested tastes, and I even have a spot a little box for M. Night. You know, there's even a little spot where, like, I'm okay with Lady in the Water. That was not a good movie, but for some reason, like, okay, that was good job. You tried. You tried so hard. But then, like, then you get to things like, you know, The Village, and it's like, bro, like, why'd you have to put it all on the uh, on the mentally disabled guy, bro? You know? So, like, there's things that he just does occasionally where he holds certain types of character types hostage and i know he's trying to be thought provoking but it's just like that's that's like a level of like putting that in entertainment i just i don't know maybe call me an old fuddy-duddy to some degree but like by no means am i saying censor the guy like i think it really just it brings up a great conversation in the writer's room really i think that's yeah. where he gets one of those two stars bad taste, huh? yeah so it's just like i it's not it's not my thing you know, yeah. and I don't like and your reaction alone tells me, like, I don't think it's going to be a lot of mother's things. And I don't no. think it's just like in general, like, I really think That's he did cringe, that. Cringe, yeah. 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 Six year olds having sex is cringy, no matter if their bodies are uh, 15. If yeah, they're, they're still six years old in their brain. And so that's <laughs> where, like, I can't rectify that one. And I just I don't. I'm sorry, M. Night, but no, bro. No, bro. This was probably nope. the dumbest thing since the trees are killing us. Nope. Yep. But uh, enough about that sucking. Apparently, uh, the uh, the guys at Fox say that uh, the new uh, Star Trek uh, show uh, spinoff is, is a suck fest. But uh, I will have to say, as someone who is sampling it and sampling the rest of the Star Trek universe, uh, not the case. Um, apparently, <laughs> apparently, someone someone went on an op ed rant uh about how like star trek's getting too woke and it's like (laughs) guys guys uh star trek's always been that way like it's the future hello like (laughs) well i think this is the weirdest part is is that you have this whole head cannon crowd 
that goes, you're ruining my Star Trek. There's there's no, there's brown people don't get good jobs and, and, and you should be able to kiss your sister and get away with it. But I, I don't think that guy should be captain. And why are we writing things about this and that? And it's like, guys, come on, like, leave it alone. Like, this show was responsible, like, for one of the first major interracial kisses on screen. Okay? This show was backed by Lucille Ball, by Desi Lu Studios. We would not have Star Trek if we didn't have Lucy and Desi, okay? And so, like, I mean, that's the thing is, like, and people don't understand, like, how much Roddenberry was trying to tell us about ourselves in the sh in, in his books and his shows and everything. And so it's like, I mean, people don't understand that, like, how much barrier-breaking the original series did and on purpose, like putting certain people of color on that deck, putting people in charge, putting them at the top of the call sheet, letting them kiss each other. Like people don't get that there were haze codes in place in Hollywood that literally said you couldn't be an Asian man playing an Asian character because it made white audiences feel uncomfortable. So that's why white guys played Asian face and then kissed white women playing Asian face because you weren't allowed to even have two yellow people kissing, two brown people kissing, two black people could not kiss. And then if you did have a actual interracial combo of like, and like, and it usually had to be like a white guy playing an Asian dude against an Asian woman, but they like couldn't go further than like looking at each other because if what? they touched hands, yeah. Well, I mean, most people forget that the first uh, movie ever screened in the White House was Birth of a Nation. I don't think I've seen that. Oh, you should probably educate yourself on that one. That one's probably one of the biggest uh, pieces of. Uh, the history of America and the history of Hollywood, like you should learn everything surrounding that. It's it is a lot to take in. Okay. What's it the is Birth of a Nation. It's a KKK Earth. propaganda film. Mm -hmm. It was made by the KKK and then it was screened in the White House. It was the oh. first majorly produced Hollywood joint, and it was screened as one of the first movies ever in the White House. What year? When was this? It's like that, like how far early 1900 late 1800s like i mean that's i mean you got to remember that like film motion film started in like the 1880s so this uh -huh. is by like the 1890s that that like it's playing like it's post-civil war playing in the white house like you got to remember that how far the creation of film was like from the civil war so like yeah it like and wow. the north and got to remember guys the north won Okay, <laughs> and that's the, you know, so, like, I mean, that's, people don't understand, like, how, like, bent out of shape people of color get about Hollywood, mm -hmm. you know, how bent out of shape people of color get about inequity in this world, and why, like, they want reparations, or at least some acknowledgement, I mean, it's cute that, you know, that the United States signed a little document in the 90s and went, oh, we're sorry, Hawaiians. But it's like, does that bring back the genocide of our culture? Does that bring back the loss of our land? Does that bring back the loss of our equity, our own banks, our own plantations that were put together by our own hands, only to be turned into a place that enslaved us and pitted us against each other? 
Like, I, I think it's insane that there's a conference halfway around the world going on about white replacement when literally they just spent the last three centuries enacting gentrification laws and telling everybody, well, we'll give you freedom, but only if you pretend to be like us. Yeah. So I think it's really ignorant of people who don't understand that Star Trek has always been that light of hope of that mankind can get past it. Like the core part of the Federation in Star Trek is that it's an integrated society. It doesn't have mm-hmm. money. Okay. Everybody, it's a one planet society that belongs to a Federation of planets that all cooperate. You don't, you don't need money in outer space. The only time you need money in Star Trek is to gamble. Okay. Or if you're like in like deep space territory, like just outside of influence of the Federation, but like, we're talking hundreds of planets, hundreds of planets evolved to a utopian level to get rid of money. What does that say? You know, and then and then it provides a model of like, what do we have with the rest of our lives? But to explore and to find peace and understanding. That is the message behind Star Trek is love thy neighbor and you will love thyself. All right. So I will be reporting in on how good the show is. Uh, I will also have a recap on Picard when I finally finish it and Disco. But like, uh, where is on the- this is on Paramount Plus? Paramount. Oh, I got. Yeah, yeah. And so, uh, New Worlds is is the spinoff series. It features uh, an expansion to the story of Captain Pike, who is actually a character that was introduced uh, in the pilot episode of Star Trek, the original original Star Trek, and then he was the character that was replaced by captain kirk mm-hmm. so like there's always been this great fan like wondering of what would have happened in a world where william shatner did not walk on screen and become captain kirk and replace captain pike mm-hmm. and so with that this new series this new spinoff gets to show us like and it's got a really cool team anson mount plays captain pike like and so if you like you ever saw him in uh in humans he was black bolt in Marvel's Inhumans, he was, uh, you ever see Hell on Wheels? He was the, the main guy in that. Really good stuff. Um, and he's a sweet piece of man meat. Like, you know, everybody agrees. He's a look at that boy. Uh, and uh, he's a really great fucking actor. He's got his shit together. A really good team around him. So, like, I can't, can't wait. wait. So, I definitely say, Sarah, on that plane ride, maybe, uh, maybe save up some episodes of the new Star Trek and, and, mm-hmm. and tell me your point of view on a new Star Trek. Um, Absolutely. Yep, yep, yep. So um, before we go today, I, uh, I wanted to start covering our little, we're going to have a little, um, you know, building our war chest uh, segment for uh, our big talk with Mr. Flat Earth, Flat Earth Dave. Oh, yes, yeah. yes. Uh, Dave, if I'm you're listening. Our belated Flat Earth interview. Yeah. So, um Every every week leading up to it, I'm going to bring in one or two topics that we could talk about. So that way, like, folks at home, if you meet that one rando person in your life that, bro, the earth's totally flat and it's, and it's being run by lizard people. And it's like, no, bro, um, it's not on either account. Uh, <laughs> 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 so um, with that being said, um, as someone that comes from a nation of... Uh, people who live on the water, I figured one of the biggest things that we could bring up 
is the circumnavigation of the world. And not just the world itself, because many people have proved that they can sail around the world and, like, the, the flat earthers are like, yeah, you're just going in a circle. It's like, okay, all right, cool, but whatever, whatever. But, see, but what these crazy, crazy cats here, these guys, these guys believe that there's a giant ice wall around the disc and you can't go past that ice wall. It's like it's like Game of Thrones status at the end of the world. What? Yeah. So, um what I say to that is that um I I had to go look into it cuz like I knew it was a number because uh Guinness Book of World Records had mentioned it a couple times. Mm-hmm. But I felt that like one I th- I think that one of the quickest like you guys are like don't understand anything is that um i feel that the fastest way to prove that the earth is round at least against that dumb theory of there's a giant ice wall is did you know that you can circumnavigate antarctica no no yeah so like most people don't think about that but like the most recent circuit that was accomplished was actually in march of 2010 and it took them 72 days and six hours and they circumnavigated the south latitude uh and then and they went and then that included 25 days of sailing south from the antarctic circle but they um they sailed as much as they could through ice-free waters and then got right into the thick of it uh there's some really cool stuff the ship was called the catharsis 2 uh and a really small ship actually like from the looks of that ship like i could totally see like the Hokulea, like, trying to do this. Um, but, like, they, they have a whole uh, coverage of their expedition. And then that made me, like, look into, like, okay, how many other, like, expeditions have tried to do it, you know? Yeah. And uh, it turns out that, like, uh, I mean, the last time before that was 2008. And it, ha- and it was, you know, it was actually the whole circumnavigation was recognized by the world uh world sailing speed record council so like you've got like and most of the people that do the sailing thing they're like just rich people having fun that like mm-hmm. so it's not like there's no like secret government conspiracy group these aren't people like no these are like instagram boating influencers sail around the world because i had nothing else yeah. to do yeah so like so how how do flat earthers account for the proof of circumnavigation of Antarctica. So then that yeah. ultimately proves that Antarctica is is not like this magic wall containing the earth in because you can go around it. And then you can go from that off to all the other places. So like I mean at this point like either they need to change their model or they need to start recognizing like I don't know. I just I these are questions for Flat Earth Podcast. These, these are questions for Flat Earth Dave, you know, because at this point, like, again, we're not going to recognize that anything he has to say is true because uh, it's not. <laughs> um, there is way too much evidence to prove uh, between the physics, math of the world, everything else in existence. Like, mankind has been to the stars. I have watched fucking rocket ships leave the ground and go to outer space. Uh, hey, and Sarah and I have even sent our names to outer space. Yes, thanks for that, by the way. Yeah, yeah. 
guys. So, yeah, like, and so for those of you that didn't know, like, and you should regularly check it out, if you go to the NASA.gov website, you can uh, regularly sign up to put your name on the onboard computers that go on to the shuttles and to these these rovers and all these cool things. So then that way, when you tune in or you manage to catch one of these launches, you can say, hey, my name's going to outer space. But, yeah, I mean, we just have way too much from the people who've been in space to the people who live in space, the space station. I mean, like, satellites. That's uh, proof. Yeah. Uh, and, well, but then that's the crazy part that we're going to have to be aware of is that, like, nine times out of ten, flat earthers would be like, the moon landing was faked. What? Yeah. Because they just, like, they're like, yeah, they made, they made it in a Hollywood set, man. And there's the weirdest things, the weirdest things. Like, I once saw this guy try to pitch me a documentary about how we've never been to the moon because nobody shows you real pictures of the moon. And then he was like, you want to see a real picture of the moon? I was like, okay, what's your real picture of the moon? He's like, the moon's actually rainbow colors. What? (laughs) You're like, shut up. And he was doing, like, this high-vis UV reflection picture of it that just made it, like, all... I'll call it call and but yeah. <laughs> yeah. So just that that special patch on he was also trying to peddle like aliens and lizard people. And that's the part where I just I check out my eyes glaze over and like inside my head I'm preparing the bless your heart speech. And I just I don't I don't I don't know what to do, Sarah. Sometimes I just I, I can't wait for this episode. It's gonna be very entertaining for me. Yeah watching action <laughs> yeah i just i don't i don't know i don't know it's just some days it gives me an aneurysm that this exists but then at other times like you got to understand that there's always going to be a fringe element in society yeah and then you just got to learn how to deal with it so it's like you just can't let it infect you so you can't let stupid things infect you like people think the earth is flat or people being angry about your skin color or people being angry about your fucking sexual orientation like i mean people need to get over all that stuff like if i can learn to accept how much of a poor unforsakable moron that flat earth dave is then you too could get rid of your fucking bias racism or your just need to nitpick other people's lives i mean flat earth dave and i are gonna have some fun but i hope i don't like break his heart or like ruin his life Now, come on with how it's relating up to his. I don't know. I don't know. But but the real lesson at the end of all this is tolerance. (laughs) But like, that's really what I'm focusing on myself. And that's why, like, it's really just going to be an education with the audience of why the earth is round. And then we're just going to have a children. This is what happens when you don't eat your vegetables and go to school. All right. And and he's gonna have to recognize that, and he's gonna have to deal with it, and then that's what he gets. Anything, if you want your fifteen minutes of fame, it comes at a cost, brother. Um, so yeah, so we're 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 gonna see how that develops with Flat Earth Dave, and we'll this will be one of the things that we bring up is circumnavigating the Antarctic, and when the, and then we'll ask him just so that way we can get our quick you know soundbite of him saying the moon landing was fake. <laughs> We're we're gonna go. What about what about you know outer space travel? What about video? Yeah. Oh, I really want to be able to use the footage of the reactions of you, him, me. <laughs> <laughs> well, you know, I I I think we're gonna we're gonna do our best to uh, to to really like portray this in the best way possible. 
Like, I know there's not a lot of people out there that believe the earth is flat, but there's enough impressionable people out there that go, like, why are you going to pick on this guy? And again, I have to reiterate, he sought He me. wants to come he on. He sought mean, me out. He would know what kind of, what your beliefs are, and he wouldn't have been like, I'm going to blow your mind. Well, and then I think that's the crazier part is that, like, I trapped a guy like him using, like, middle conservative memes and like thought provoking like shit posting like yeah. he's just there because of the memes like he didn't he didn't say anything and listen to the show and be like oh man yeah no he didn't he didn't listen to the show he just like hit me up and then the next thing you know he's in my dms and and that's what i told him I'm like you might want to listen to the show i might even start talking about you because the second that you're on my calendar i'm gonna start promoting so yeah uh so yeah and if you're listening we're really looking forward to your um episode <laughs> <laughs> oh, your soul oh uh, and with that being said uh i think that that's that that's a lot to absorb today that's a lot to <laughs> absorb for the rest of the week and yeah. everybody mahalo for joining us on this sunday however you do your day and uh we look forward to talking to more of you next week and we're going to have some hot guests. Uh, next. Actually, Sarah, I finally heard back from her. Cross your fingers. Uh, <laughs> Lost Children of Kalopapa is finally happening. She Yay. had a lot of stuff. She's going to be talking about what kept her from coming on. But uh, we're going to get an interview with her. And then uh, I've also got an interview with a Star Trek fan film. That's, that's, that's very exciting. Yeah. And then these guys made a really good Star Trek fan film. I think that, like... You know, sometimes you got to recognize the crazy fun things that, like, the people of the world do, you know. And one of one of my favorite nerdy things is getting down with, like, the cosplayers who like to make little, like, fan film movies and stuff. That was my way of, like, being a nerd and being a filmmaker and hanging out with my nerd friends who were not filmmakers. So then it was just like, hey, bro, you got a camera. Let's go. Let's go make this thing. We got all the costumes. It's like, okay, why not? It's a Comic-Con <laughs> ticket. Let's do it. Sounds so, like fun. Um, so yeah, so like I am, I'm really stoked to talk to these guys. Uh, great little uh, short. Can't wait to see uh, you know all their next fun adventures. And I'm actually gonna try to like dig through their back catalog and see what else they got. But awesome. uh, all that and more coming next week and beyond. Keep staying tuned to all of those candidate interviews because there may be a candidate running near you. Sarah. Hop along, folks. Peace out. Aloha. <gasps> Rabbit Holes is a Manavakal production. This episode was produced by Kavika Hoke and Sarah Rodriguez. Make sure to subscribe and follow on your favorite podcast platforms to add our weekly episodes to your queue.